You're listening to the Leading Healthy Creative Teams podcast with Matt Curtis. This is the podcast that helps you take your creative team from wherever you are today to healthy and effective. Hey friends, thank you so much for joining me this week on the Leading Healthy Creative Teams podcast. This week, I wanna talk about stress. And more than just talking about the concept of stress, I wanna talk about a really practical and biblical way for you to respond to stress. You may remember many episodes ago on the podcast, I walked through a handful of tools. I call them clarity tools, and they're focused on helping you navigate some of those complexities in your day job to help you be less stressed. The Eisenhower box is one that I constantly go back to because it helps me prioritize what do I have on my list that is an urgent request, but also an important request, all the way down to not urgent and not important. It helps me understand what is pressing and what isn't. It's a really important part of managing stress. Today, I want to talk a little bit more about those things that are just abstract, nagging stresses in your life. I have really been reflecting a lot lately on the fact that God is patient. And what that means for me is it means that I'm thinking about this term. I'm thinking about this idea. What does patience look like? What does patience look like played out throughout Scripture? about how God has been patient with his people, with us, with sinners, the plan that God has put into place to address or solve problems. Typically, it moves at a different pace than we would have it move. And what I have found is that when I'm out of alignment with God's pace, the speed at which he's working, I become very stressed. Something I did not anticipate when I started this business a little over a year ago is the constant nagging stress of where does the next client come from? I have had the privilege of working with several churches, many of them in a long period of time type of a context. That's typically the work that I love doing most is really getting to know a church and really partnering with them for a prolonged period of time to help support them in the ministry that they're doing to the congregation. I have never really enjoyed not being deeply embedded or not having a long-term relationship in the scope of work that I'm doing. God has been incredibly gracious and has provided clients that fit that bill, and we've had great relationships, a ton of amazing projects to work on. That said, there is a continual nagging in my mind about provision. And so what I want to do today is I want to walk through what I have found to be the most helpful way to apply Philippians 4, 6 through 8 is what we're going to look at. You may already know the passage. I'm going to read it anyway. But I want to walk through it with you in a very practical way because sometimes what I found, particularly in serving the church, we are so busy that we don't have time to slow down. And what I have found personally, when I do not have time to slow down, it means that I do not have time to slow down to the pace at which God is working. And when I don't do that, things go off the rails. <laughs> it's not a good situation. So let me start by reading the passage, and then I'm going to walk through five different steps that I have found to be helpful. Let me read the passage, and then we'll go from there. Philippians 4, uh, verses 6 through 8. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and pleading with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, and if anything, 
worthy of praise, think about these things. So the first thing that you want to do is you want to write your fears. You want to write the things that are plaguing you. And so in this season for me, as a small business owner that has had a job his whole life, (laughs) not used to all of this, my concerns typically revolve around health insurance. What does it look like to make sure that I'm paying the right bills to make sure that our health insurance remains? What does it look like for me to make sure that I'm bringing in enough revenue to meet our monthly obligations in terms of bills? What does it mean for me to bring in a little bit of extra money so that we can save, so that we can, you know, get braces for the kids, like just practical things like that. Those are the two areas I'm going to focus on for this. There's a lot of other things (laughs) that you could add to that list. You can add health. You could add loss. You could add grief. You could add all sorts of things in your day to day. You can add, I don't know if I'm going to be able to get all this work done. It could be, I just don't have time to execute fast enough to get everything accomplished. I have too many decisions on my plate and they're overwhelming. So you fill in the blanks with whatever it is, but what is the concern? What is the thing that you are afraid will happen? And I like writing it that way. So for me, it'll be, I'm concerned that we will lose our insurance or I am concerned that we will not have enough money to pay our bills at the end of the month. So those are the concerns that I would write down. Now we begin the assault (laughs) against these problems. Now we need to declare the truth. We want to write down in contrast what is true. Now here's the trick. This isn't just disagreeing with the statement. You're going to need to do some work here. Because this is the part where we begin to challenge what we're afraid of. So for example, I'm afraid of God not providing. Okay. Is there a way I can find a passage in scripture that talks about God's provision? Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, I can. (laughs) So, okay. So something that's really resonated with me as I've done this is actually the Lord's prayer. We're praying for our daily bread. So for me, one of the things that I find, I find a couple things throughout scripture. One, God is a provider. God provides for us. If he provides for the sparrows in the field, how much more will he provide for, you know, okay, great. So I can go to Matthew and I can pull that out. I can also go to um, really any number of passages that are talking about the way God provides for us. For me, the daily bread concept has been so powerful because what I find is that I'm worried two months from now. Okay, but I'm supposed to be praying for my daily bread. Give us this day our daily bread. It's not give us this day the next six months of revenue. Give us this day enough bread to last us six months. I even look at the manna in the wilderness and the way that that functioned. It's good for the day. A lot of our stress comes when we are worried about tomorrow, not focused on today. There's a passage about that too. How about that? So as you go through write down the biblical arguments against your fears. I'm a big fan of writing the references. And the reason I like doing that is because it forces me back into God's word. It forces me to navigate the pages of scripture and find these ideas, these promises, these passages that describe who God is. And it forces me to re-engage and remember who God actually is. So once we've done that, we have this comparison now. We have our fears or our concerns on the left. And then on the right, we have this this new set of arguments against ourselves where we're writing down the truth of God's word. Now what we need to do is we need to go back to our fears and we need to revise them because what we're trying to do here is we're trying to dismantle the fears and the concerns, the worry, the stress. So what we're doing now is we're saying, I am concerned that 
I won't have enough to pay my bills. Counterpoint, God provides. Oh, okay, my revision then, the heart of the problem, I'm concerned that God won't provide. Got it. So really, the underlying concern that I need to address here is that God is provider. Do I believe that? Do I, do I remember that? How can I reconcile that internally myself? Because now I'm really seeing what's going on. A lot of times, idolatry masquerades as stress. And really what we're doing in this process is we're saying, I am trusting that my provision comes from somewhere else. The main issue here for me in small business world, am I trusting that God is my provider or am I trusting that clients are my provider? That's different because I don't need clients for God to provide. We had a really powerful visualization of this. This phrase that I'll say often to people. So look, I'll tell this to my kids when they're concerned about something. Look, God can put a bucket of money on our front door if he wants to, you know, on the doorstep. We could open the door and look down and just see piles of money. God can do that. He can provide that way because everything in the earth is his. It's all his. He could do whatever he wants. But that always feels like an abstract statement to people. So we had a grocery delivery uh, yesterday, actually, at the time of recording this. They delivered it yesterday. And you know what they did? They included some bonus items. That night for dinner, we had chicken strips. We had uh, Red Robin frozen fries, the steak fries, you know, frozen, and then we heated them up, obviously, <laughs> and broccoli. And you know how much that meal cost us? Zero dollars. Because they were all bonuses that were thrown in. Okay, so we're talking about provision as a family. We're talking about how God continues to show up, how God continues to provide. And you know what? God's provision was 100% independent of a client, uh, a cohort sign up, uh, somebody you know, sending us a check. It's completely independent of that. God doesn't need the mechanisms that we get so stressed about in order to provide. That was a very profound example for me yesterday, for our family yesterday, but it's also a bit of a driver as to why I want to have this conversation today on the podcast, because I've been really looking holistically at what a healthy creative team is. And so there's a lot of different areas that make up a healthy creative team. But one of the core elements of a healthy team is healthy human beings. And so that's what this is really focused on because stress is a huge derailer for us in terms of our health, our well-being, our critical thinking, our ability to invest in the work that we're doing. There's just a lot of problems. And so as I'm reminded of God's provision, I feel like I have to share that. I have to bring that up. So what we have now on our paper, <laughs> we have write your fears. And so we have the fears. I, I'm concerned that we won't have enough then I'm going to declare the truth God provides. God meets the needs of his people. Everything in the earth is his. He provides for the sparrow. He adorns the lily. I mean, there's so many places that we can go to. Great. So now I need to revise my fears. Maybe, maybe I'm actually concerned that, I'm, am I worried that God won't provide for me? I think that's the heart of it. Okay. So now, now we begin this process of reorienting ourselves and we spend some time meditating on the truth of God's word. So what that means in this instance, it means going back to these passages and reading them. Man, God does adorn the lily and it's only here for a short period of time. And yet 
there's such splendor, even more splendor than Solomon. Wow, okay, that's a big deal. Okay, God cares for the sparrows. Maybe what this looks like is maybe I need to go outside. As I was sitting down preparing, I have a door just over to, uh, to my right, and I was looking outside, and this gigantic crow <laughs> was hopping around, and he was pecking the ground, and he was, he was eating. He was finding food. And I think to myself, God's providing for all of these animals that are around this area. We have deer that roam through our yard. Like God's providing. Now, I know the neighbor's providing too because he puts out food, <laughs> but isn't that a form of provision? Isn't that a form of God's provision to work in the hearts of people so that they would be compelled to pay money, to buy food, to give to these animals that roam the area? I mean, there's a pretty good chance that that's the case. So as we're spending time meditating on God's word, what we're doing is we're reminding, of our, we're reminding ourselves of who God actually is. When we don't spend time in God's word, the vision of who God is gets blurrier and blurrier over time. If we are not intent on pursuing an understanding and a constant reminder of who God is, not just in our lives, who God actually is, objectively, truthfully, who is it that God says that he is in his word? That's what we need to be going back to. And that's what this exercise does. And then the last step here, it's time to make the switch. I want to go back to the passage real quick and highlight this idea. Verses six and seven are talking about this, this charge to us. Hey, don't be anxious about anything. Okay. Here's how you deal with it. And that's what we're doing here in these first few steps, but in everything by prayer and pleading with Thanksgiving. So what we're doing here is we're writing things, these things down and we're praying through these things and we're making it clear to God what our needs are. We're making our requests be known. And then in verse seven, the peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. That's great. But let's look at verse eight, because that's really what we're doing when we make the switch. Finally, brothers and sisters, and now here's the charge. This is making the switch. Whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable. If there is any excellence, and if anything worthy of praise, think about these things. So what we're doing here is we're making the switch. We are now choosing to dwell on anything that is true, which in this case, we have identified a whole list of things that are true. God provides. Everything in the earth is his. Okay. Those are all true statements. I'm going to dwell on those things. Anything that is true, uh, anything that is honorable, right, pure, lovely, commendable. What we're doing here, excellence, worthy of praise, what we're doing here is we're substituting worries, concerns for the truth. Here's what it looks like in a day-to-day -day situation. I hope that we have enough money to pay our next month's bills. Hang on. God is provider. Everything in the earth belongs to him. He's providing for sparrows. How much more will he provide for? Oh, okay. All right. I get, yeah, okay. So now I'm going to focus on the fact that God is provider. It gets quicker and quicker. I'm going to say, man, I hope we have enough money. You know what? God provides. God is provider. And not just this pithy statement of, oh yeah, it's fine. God will provide. But I'm saying God will provide. This passage tells me God will provide. I need to reorient my request and I need to praise God when he provides my daily bread. Yesterday at dinner, he provided my daily bread unlike any other time that I remember that happening. Incredibly 
gracious provision of my daily bread. Today, what did I do before I started recording this podcast? I ate my lunch. And you know what? He provided my daily bread. So what we're doing here is we're really gaining perspective on the activity that God has already done in our lives. And what it does for us is it helps us now be equipped to combat the stress with the things that verse eight tells us to focus on. So now when you're looking at your day to day, yeah, pull out your Eisenhower box and use the tool. I think that's helpful. I think there's wisdom in leveraging a tool like that. If you're wrestling with stress because you feel like you can't get everything done, let me encourage you to ask this question. Do you believe that it's Christ's church and that Christ is building his church? Or do you believe that it's your church? That's a really hard one to wrestle with. But I have found over the years that I have carried burdens that are not mine. And that has led to me being stressed about things that really I don't have anything to do with. And part of where the stress begins to snowball is because I don't have anything to do with it. Because I don't have any pathway to bring resolution to these problems. Because they're not mine. So let me encourage you to start there. If stress is something that's overtaking your day to day, if you are concerned that you have too many things on your plate to execute, you're going to let the church down. Let me just encourage you to begin this process there. What does God's word have to say about the church? Who does it belong to? How much is dependent on us? Start there if that's a stress that you wrestle with. If not, Begin going through this process, identifying the things that you're afraid of, the things that you're concerned about. This is the power of God's word. The power of God's word is that it'll speak to every problem that you're wrestling with and every challenge that you're facing. Let it speak in a way that helps you really embrace what Philippians 4 is talking about here and give these things to God, subbing out the lies and the stress and instead dwelling on the truth of God's word. Thanks for listening to this episode of Leading Healthy Creative Teams. This podcast is just one of the ways Lunchtime Heroes helps build healthy creative teams in the church. Stay up to date on the latest by signing up for the Creative Bites email at lunchtimeheroes.co.